Minneapolis, the jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. You know, I really hate getting cut off by people. It really annoys me, especially when they just jump in unexpectedly. Oh, I'm Dan Patrick. No one gives a crap, Dan Patrick. You shut your mouth. Eric France and Andre Salveson. It's the second hour of the Full Court Press underway here, 501 time, here on Wednesday, August 7th, 2019. Grateful to have you all wherever and however you are joining us here for Season 2, Episode 3. I It just really annoys me. Like, so, one day it's I like, hey, it's 59. Should I wait for you to tell me it's okay for me to talk? Or can I just start talking? Or will no, I be cutting no, you off? No, 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 no. Okay, sorry, let me rephrase. When our clock is messy as it is, it's like, oh, nope, we're going to not go off until 59 one day, and the next day, nope, we're going to go off at 56 today. I mean, make up your freaking mind. I guess it did say shut up at 56.50, huh? <laughs> it always says that. Oh, yeah, see? See, it's not just me. The one day it was a little off. The same every other day. <laughs> Eric Franson. Getting back into the swing of things of a two hour show has been entertaining. <laughs> Eric Franson, RJ Salveson on 106 on FM, 1390 AM, the fan. Hey, Eric, uh, we've uh, we talked to Utah State football camp, day six in the books now. Uh, we get you ready for day seven, day eight, before they close it completely to public and media and get you ready for Family Football Fun Day, which is next Saturday at 5 p.m. Also, next Friday is a slew of high school football games. Uh, Preston, Westside, Bear River, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest, Logan, Green Canyon, and Skyview all in action, and we will try to get you all the best, uh, all the best breakdown or the best preview possible. Uh, we have some uh, in regards of Region 11. We have some really great play-by-play guys, some great color analysts. We're going to join and 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 give you great, great play-by-play uh, coverage of their of your high school football team that you want to listen to. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, and each school in Region 11 has a designated broadcast team and a designated radio partner. Yeah. That's unprecedented yep. in the state. Uh, it's really Especially unprecedented in, the state. <laughs> in a lot of places. Uh, but uh, we've, we've figured out ways to do it. We, we've made the financial commitment to make it happen in the, in the talent that we send to the games and the equipment that we're going to have them use. We're upgrading our equipment. Uh, so you have the best uh, audio quality, and so you can follow the games uh, on air or online. Uh, you can stream the games online. Uh, all that, uh, the schedule is now posted. It's public, and you can see which games that we're going to be to, which basically is all of them. Uh, well, there may be one exception. There, I'm not sure if we've got the Logan game in Las Vegas figured out on a Saturday afternoon. But uh, other than that, uh, these games are going to be carried uh, in one form or another, so we're going to have them to uh, for you to follow along, and and uh, we hope it'll be an interesting football season. It's the the changes with RPI, uh, and so these games in the pre-region matter more than they used to. So um, these coaches always want to go out and win games, but uh, I think the pressure to to make sure that you win these games in the non-region uh, has gone up. So. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. It starts next Friday, and uh, the I know for Bear River they're doing their coaches and community show starting uh, this Monday on one hundred four point nine the Ranch in Box Elder County, 
And then uh, all teams, all games, they're going on on uh, Friday this uh, next week, August 16th. Later in the hour, we'll get into some NBA stuff, uh, a couple of main topics, one of them being that all NBA teams will be required to have a mental health specialist on retainer for, the, for each NBA team. And agents, NBA agents, will be required to have a bachelor's degree to be an agent for an NBA player. What does that mean, and how does that affect agents and NBA and the NBA as a whole? Uh, we'll get into that too and more uh, in just a little bit. By the way, dude, I didn't know the Mets have won 13 out of 14. What in the world's going on at the Big Apple? I know. They're hot. I think that was a big Yo. factor into why they did not trade Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I think it was something, maybe not to that level, but something similar with the Giants, why they did not trade Bumgarner. I think those are two uh, two franchises that few, a month ago, they weren't sure where they were going. And they they were... There were a lot of rumors that they may trade away some of their key uh, pitchers, their key assets, to plan for the future. But then things started to settle, and they started to play better, and they're making a, a little bit of a run here. And both teams kind of in the hunt for their wild card uh, positions. How so, about that? Uh, they, they weren't really aggressive in trading away uh, too many guys. They looked like they were going to try to keep things going and try to make a run for it. How about that? The Mets have now won six in a row. There's three games above 500. Just one, no, excuse me, yeah, a game and a half from third place to get the over the hump of the Philadelphia Phillies. They are a plus 13 differential in runs scored versus runs against in the last 10 games. My gosh. Wow. Man, that's, that's impressive. Meanwhile, in the NL Central where... Uh, Eric is the most biased about the division and his team. Toughest division in baseball. No, it's not. 62-52 and 52 is the Cubs right now. They are three and a half games ahead of the Cardinals and three and a half ahead of Milwaukee, who, by the way, Yelich continues to sit out with back issues. He's it, It's been acting up again. So no Yelich for at least another, I think they said four or five days. Uh, Dodgers 77-40, and 40, best league mark in the league with by distance right now. Uh, they are 18 and a half games ahead of the very competitive Arizona Diamondbacks who are at sitting 500 at 57 all. Wow, that's how is how is the National League Central not the most competitive division in baseball? You got three teams that are only separated by three and a half games. Okay, at the fine. top. Okay, okay, fine. Everywhere else, no, is no, a no, huge no, gap. Well, between no, one, you want to play that game? Okay, well, look, 62 and 52 is the Cubs. Your second place team, 58 and 55, that's the Cardinals. New York and the game, Brewers, 59 and 56. Shh, quiet. I'm talking. New York Yankees, 74. Oh, my gosh. They're 74 and 39. <laughs> uh, they're on a seven-game winning streak. Second place is 16 games above 500. That's, I mean, you put a 66 and 50 team in the AL West in their second place. I, oh, wait. I guess, man. Okay, I kind of see what you're saying. No, 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 I don't. Dude, you put a 66-50 and 50 baseball team of the Tampa Bay Rays into the NL Central, they lead the NL Central. By a couple of games. Doesn't matter. They still lead the NL but Central. It's, but it's, a, it's, the, it's the most competitive division. It's because it's the weakest division. No, it's not The weak. Cardinals are bad. The Milwaukee Brewers are bad. The Cincinnati Reds are horrible. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are getting into brawls with the Cincinnati Reds. That's how <laughs> things are going right now in the well, Central. The Reds and the Pirates, yeah, we'll let them go play uh, in whatever. They, they don't play well in the sandbox together. But 
every other division, there's a huge gap between one, two, and three. But in the, in the National League Central, it's really, really tight, it, which makes it interesting. It makes it intriguing. You go to any other division, maybe with the exception of the American League Central, because one and two are close, but everywhere else, there's this huge gap. And so I don't know that this doesn't make it very interesting or intriguing. But in the National League Central, it's it's highly competitive. So every game, every week, it's really, really interesting because it it could change so much within a week's time. Everywhere else, eh. It's like, let's just start the playoffs now. Why why even bother? Yeah. Because it's not going to be a lot of movement. It's not going to be a lot of changes. Just... It amazes me. And by the way, Houston is well ahead of everybody in their division. 75 and 40, 10 games above Oakland. Minnesota's two and a half. See, well, you know what? Minnesota's actually, no, the AL Central is more competitive than the NL Central. Well, that's why I said the, the Central one and two are close, but three, the White Sox are distant third. <laughs> hey, do you remember the day when Kansas City Royals used to be like a dominating team contending for an AL Central title? And then the World Series back-to-back years. <laughs> it wasn't now that long ago. 41 and 74. They're a shell of their former selves. Isn't that amazing? That just, that just tells you how long it's been now. Uh, really quickly, hey, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, Cowboys QB coach John Kitna, former Lions guy, was asked after practice about Dak missing some throws early in practice. And I, I'll, I'll try to trail it into where I'm going with it because we see quarterbacks – for only a limited amount of time in summer or fall camp or in training camp. He said this, I think today's, or excuse me, quote, I think today's NFL is funny, honestly. The media is evaluating practices because you just have no idea the things that we're working on out there. You're talking about Dak missing some throws early? I don't even know. That was before we ever started any team stuff. We're literally going through individual drills and working on different kinds of stuff. Dak is a great player. He comes to work every day and practices his tail off, and he's working on a lot of different things right now, which is what training camp is for. I think there has been a lost element of that a little bit in the league because there's so much access for you guys, which I think is great, but there is also evaluation every day. You can read in the paper how many you completed and how many you didn't. If you threw an interception, that's crazy. Training camp is meant to be a place where you're experimenting a little bit and trying to figure things out. I think he's been great with all that. Agree or disagree? I totally agree with that. And I think it's a, a comment for uh, for us when we go to Utah State camp yeah. and go to, go to their practices. Uh, somebody may look like they're getting burned on a play or they, they missed a block or the quarterback doesn't look as crisp. What we don't know is if he's working on a new, new footwork or if they're working on a new route or if they're working on some new communication styles. And so from the outside, it's like, man, they don't look good. They don't look sharp. So there, there are things that you can look at in, in, when going to practice that maybe we don't know what's going on, but there are also things that you can look at and say, the guy just doesn't look like he's there today. Uh, he's not giving very good effort. Uh, so there's things you can tell without knowing what the coach is asking specifically for them to do, but then there are things that, uh, that we just, we're not as familiar with. We don't know what, there's, what, what they were talking about in film session or in individual rooms with just that unit when they're out on the practice field. So I think that when people are trying to do these big evaluations of practices, especially the NFL level, I think I agree. It does get a little out of hand. People are keeping stats for what people are doing in in practice. 
in training camp, when you're several weeks away from a game that matters, yeah, I think that, that does get a little bit ridiculous. So how do we, or how do fans, because we as media are are, are, are learning to it, and you've been in the media for a while, being able to, you've been able as a media guy go see Utah State football practices. What can you tell fans of how to balance that, of when, oh, you know what, this guy's just having a rough day, it's not the normalcy of him, to, you know what, this guy's actually really struggling here in fall camp. I mean, because we only get to see him for seven or so days, we don't get to see him the full camp. Well, I think that's that. the important thing is, what am I seeing today versus what did I see last week? What did I see a couple of days ago? What did I see two weeks ago? And, and so I think if you go into a practice and just take that one snapshot as this is how it is, then you're going to be you're going to be off base. You may see make be able to make some observations about how they carry themselves physically. Are they active? Are they getting after it? Are they pouting on the sidelines? I think you can you can take that away and, and draw some observations there. But I think you have to be careful because people have a bad day. I have a bad day at work every now and then. Sure. When I come into work and I see Ajay show up, sometimes that's just a bad day. Oh yeah, is that usually and it, it's, things just, at you? it's a downer sometimes. It's a downer. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you have to look at how is it in comparison to other things. Is it a trend or was it one day when maybe they're working on something different that you just don't know about? Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to consider a body of work rather than just a snap judgment after one day or one practice or one route that was run. That's fair. That's fair. And I, and I think sometimes when I come back, I got to, re- and I want to say, man, you know, so-and-so was way off today. I mean, just looked. you got to be careful. You got to say, you know what, today, and you emphasize today, this guy didn't look as well, as good as he has maybe in day one, two, and three. Well, we talked about this last hour yeah. with Jordan Love. Yeah. Uh, one of the early practices that I went to, he didn't look very crisp. Day one, he didn't look great either. But he, he did make some plays so that were far. just outstanding. Yeah. Uh, but then when I just the, since then, I've seen him do some things in practice that's like, my gosh, what a talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. How effortless he looks when he's throwing that pass on that route. So then you, if I were just to go today or just in one snapshot and see that one series, my gosh, this guy is a Heisman candidate. I mean, he's going to win the trophy. (laughs) But you have to consider what does it look like over the course. And if there's a guy that's consistently getting beat on trying to make a block or a guy that's consistently getting beat on a play, then okay, yeah, then you got to be a little more critical. I don't think this guy's going to cut it as a starter. Or should he really be second string? Should he really see that many minutes? So I think you have to consider a body of work. And do you keep? should you be keeping stats as a fan? I don't think it's really that worth it. Let the coaches do the film study yeah. and the elements. And you can get your observations and your hunches, but don't base it all off of what you see in one practice. No, that's a great point. Uh as we we've attended the first six days of camp, we'll we'll go see days seven and eight and bring you our version of what we saw, and not try to overreact to it. What's something out of the first six days you've seen? What's something that you want to see improved next Saturday? Uh, well, consistency with the offensive line. You know how well do they work together? Um, do they create and specifically? How well do they create gaps and a push for the running game? Um, I, I want to see, I'm, I'm curious to see that the secondary. How well are they 
going to be in, in challenging uh, the, the the wide receivers and the running backs? How well are they going to get up there and, and create takeaways? So for and then also who's who's going to be there besides David Woodward? Yeah. What what are the linebackers that are going to be there that can do their jobs to give him freedom to be an outstanding linebacker? No, so I like that. Those are some of the biggest things for me. The offensive line, I'm really intrigued by to see what they can do before coming up to Wake Forest game one. They face some great defensive lines this season. Uh, you got Fresno State, BYU, Boise State, LSU, of course, is above and beyond everybody else on that schedule. But there's some tough defensive lines they got to face, uh, you know, in regards of, of just based on size, speed, and talent alone. Um, those, those, I think BYU is going to be really good as well again for the second for the third year in a row actually. So, uh, and another one I, I want to see the running backs behind Gerald Bright. I want to, I want to see more Jalen Warren. I want to see more Riley Burt. What they look like in a live scrimmage. Um, you know, Enix had some when I've again just from the days I've been there. Enix had some ball security issues. You've been there a couple times and he's done fine. So I, I guess it just kind of depends on the day. Here's an interesting note from Jason Turner. Okay, published this out on Twitter. Logan High, uh, Logan High's Caden Anderson. He's moved from defensive tackle to offensive guard. He's a junior. Uh, his defensive teammates seem to be pretty excited about it. Really? So that's an interesting move. Uh, there is a lot of depth there on that defensive line, and so maybe they feel like, look, let's let's give a little bit more help to the offense and uh, move him over. So that's an interesting move. Again, Gary looking at players and saying, you know what, you're good here, but you'll be better here if if you can pick it up. Caleb Rep moving from defensive to tight end at, in camp looks like an absolute gem of an idea. If he can turn that into productive uh, opportunities during a game. It's good but look, Gary look Anderson has done very well with that at Utah State. Yeah. Moving guys to different positions. And it's paid off big dividends over the years. So can't say that it, I'm in any position to doubt why they, that move should be made. Fair enough. Yep, yep fair enough. Uh, and I think there's still more moves to be made in position-wise. I, I still think, and I think if we keep our eyes peeled, we might see a couple things that might be just a sneak peek of it, you know, here in the next couple of days. And maybe, maybe August 17th, but I wouldn't plan on it. So, but Gary Anderson's always got something up his sleeve, and I would imagine he's got more to more to come in that regard. Uh, you know, I, I look at this this the thing that's really kind of intrigued me the most, and we've talked about it a little bit, is the defensive backfield. Shaq Baum looks fantastic. I he really we talked a little bit about him again coming off a severe injury of a knee. Uh, he's turned around. His his confidence has not been derailed by any least of the measure. You've already heard his one on one interview with with you, Eric. Uh, his personality is still very personable. Uh, he's, Great interview. Yeah, and he, you know, Great he, personality. He just, he's excited to be on the football field again. You yes. can tell how devastated he was after the injury to be back on the field with some really good talent. Him and DJ Williams on both sides of the field could be trouble for a lot of quarterbacks. Agree? Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Are you surprised Shaq Bond wasn't nominated for any awards coming into the season? Mm, no. Not necessarily. Um, I mean, there were there were there were guys who had more takeaways. 
Um, but I thought he kind of developed later in the year. Um, but I think that he's he's the guy that with his athleticism, the way he sees the field, uh, I think he, this is going to be a good year for him. I I would hope so. But if he can stay healthy, him and Williams on the field could be really, really good. I'm guessing Troy Leffridge Jr. might see some time, maybe. Anybody else on that depth chart that might get, I guess Andre Grayson Jr. is another guy, right? Yeah, Grayson. I look at Andre Grayson. Um, as uh, another one of those guys that's going to be seeing some time. It was Zahadri Jackson. I think he's a name oh, to look for. He him. made some plays last year. Uh, I was able to get in there and mix it up. So I think that there's going to be some opportunities for him to get in and mix it up. And, and Cash Gilliam. Cash is in it. Uh, uh, he did have a sleeve on his leg. He, I didn't see him do a whole lot um, today. He was involved in a, a few things. But he's another guy that uh, could be um, in the mix there. I'm just trying to look at any younger guys that I might have missed on this list, but it looks like, yeah, it doesn't look like anybody else to me would stand out as of right now onto the safety or the defensive backfield chart. Dominic Tatum, no, he's a freshman. Andre Grayson, of course, we've already talked about. Hey, by the way, Kyle Van Leeuwen, is that Travis's younger brother? Right, yep. That's part of the Van Leeuwen clan. I saw him out there for making a few catches yesterday. I was just... Yeah, that, that's him. Yeah, he looks like he has good, sure hands. Um, All those Van little, little boys do. Yeah. yeah. Night. Just a little young. Um, this doesn't have a lot of meat on him and for uh, this level, but um, yeah, he looks like he could be a contributor. They are really young, aren't they? Like, looking at a lot of these guys on this roster, there are some extremely young players. I see a ton of freshmen. <laughs> I, see, I see a few sophomores. I see a lot of juniors. Some of those might be transfers, too. This team is young, for the most part. Yeah, really, really young. Huh. I, I didn't even notice until now, honestly. Oh, hey, uh, Bryce Morrison, is he a freshman this year? Uh, see, I thought he was, um, but I think they've got him listed as a redshirt. Um, i got to look it up just to verify that. Former Skyview kid. I was just because yeah. he's a tight end, right? Yep. So he, but he's probably going to be buried on that depth chart with Carson Terrell and Rep ahead of him. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, because I thought that the he would he should be classified as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, they do have him listed as a redshirt freshman. So he's a redshirt freshman. Okay. Yeah. So I maybe he sits out this year then, and then comes back when Rep is gone. Well. Yeah, if he, I mean, he's available, but I don't know like how much they'll use him. Yeah, oh, no, I would doubt. I mean, yeah. Considering I, the guys that are ahead of him. Does, is Carson Terrell, what is he? Uh, he's a senior. So they lose two tight ends after this year. Because Caleb Rep is a, is his, isn't he a graduate transfer? Uh, no, sorry, Carson Terrell's a junior. My bad. Okay, I was going to say, wow, that's going to be a big jump for Bryce to go from Caleb no minutes senior. to all reps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, then. Travis Bowman, he's also tight end. He's a junior. Uh, but then you got some younger guys. Uh, um, uh, Manu, he's a junior. Um, so it's they're not. There's some guys that could still be here for for another year or two. By the way, according to Jason Turner, this is just breaking news. Aggie star defensive back DJ Williams has appeared to tweak his hamstring in a in a drill. Uh, senior was on the sideline for the rest of practice, but the injury doesn't appear to be too serious. Just, dude, can we just you know, wrap everybody up in bubble wrap? 
all these are key guys. Jordan Love, Tipa, David, DJ. Hey, speaking of Tipa, um, doing some producing on the fly here. Uh, Al Lewis got a chance to catch up with Tipa yesterday. And uh, how about we do this? On the other side of this break, well, let's, let's hear from Tipa and what he has to say about how practices are going, how he feels personally. And uh, that defensive front, we talk a lot about that defensive line. He's definitely a part of it. And a lot of people suggesting that he's going to be a big-time difference maker in college football. Which would be absolutely huge. And uh, there was uh, another publication out today. Um, somebody was going through and ranking the, the linebacker groups through college football. And um, it was this Matt Hetzler, college football top 15 linebacker units. Uh, and uh, has Utah State in there at number 13. So that could be really interesting Ooh. if that pans out. All right. So coming up, Al Lewis was with Tipa Nalier. We'll, uh, we'll break it. We'll, we'll hear Al break it down with Tipa. What does Tipa have to say about fall camp so far? And expectations going into the uh, season, which, again, begins August 30th, 6 p.m. Mountain Time at Wake Forest versus the Demon Deacons. It's Eric France and Audrey Salveson on 106.9 FM. 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, Audrey Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, Al Lewis. Was able to sit with uh, a couple of key defensive guys and the head coach of Utah State football. Let's start with Tipa, though. Tipa Nalia, of course, is on a enamored list of, or excuse me, enamored list of watch lists and awards list uh, as a top defensive lineman, not only in the conference, but also in the country. Go figure. Uh, so let's hear, and I hope I do this right. I guarantee you I'm. Oh, there it is. That's how I do it. Oh, that's cool. No. <laughs> Push buttons. No crap. Wow. All right. Select play. Shut up. Leave me alone. All right. So here is T. Penalier with Al Lewis in its entirety. Maybe. Hold on. Let me see if I can get this work. Hold on, everybody. Hold your water. Hold on. I'm still holding. Okay. Why doesn't this thing play? If it says play, play, play. Okay, this thing sucks. This computer is just garbage. Z- Dude, what in the world is... Okay, you know what? You're not going to hear from anybody All right, today. maybe we won't. At least... I can't... Not right now. It's not playing. What the world? Does... <laughs> Do I need to come over there and yeah, show you how it's Yeah, you come done? over and try to push play. Right, we'll figure that out in a minute. All right, fine. Uh, so we'll, let's put that on hold for for a second. I'm gonna keep pushing play until something hears. Though <laughs> I'm not joking. I start talking and then all of a sudden you hear Al Lewis. You know we've got it figured <laughs> out. Uh, something else with college football. Uh, the NCAA today has uh, this this report coming out, uh, and uh, the Associated Press has also picked up on it that the the we're seeing a lot more with sports betting. It's becoming wildly popular it was already going on now it's becoming legal in a lot of sports and there's been a, a requirement 
well, not necessarily a requirement, but there's been a an expectation that with sports betting, in order to make a proper bet, that people should be more fully informed as to what the team might look like before the games are played. And so you see this in the NFL. It's a required mandatory uh, injury report before the games. Oh, and yeah. so there's been a lot of talk that college football should be doing something similar and it's motivated primarily by sports betting. Well, NCAA Board of Governors today said that they 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 support not allowing student athletes or school administrators to participate in sports wagering or provide information to people associated with gambling. So they don't want any insider information going along. But in addition to that, they said that an injury or availability report across college football is not viable. Wait, say that again, that it's... So basically, they're, they're not going to do injury reports for college football. And they said it's not viable, which... What does that mean? Why is it not viable? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. These coaches know who's available and who isn't, but it's, there's a lot of gamesmanship about uh, how coaches re- will uh, reveal or indicate uh, what an injury is or the, its severity because they want opposing teams to think that that guy may be available. And they want to be able to think that uh, they have to plan for him, even if he's not available. Uh, board Chairman Michael Drake, he's the president of Ohio State, said there were concerns about how it could effectively be implemented in a way that complies with student privacy laws. So I get that. I mean, these are students, but they're adults, but there's also the whole HIPAA stuff. If you have an injury uh, or if you're ill, unless you grant consent, it should be considered a a private situation. But um, according to this committee, they did get uh, feedback from uh, a lot of different people, conference commissioners, trainers, student athletes, and uh, they just felt like it was going to be a little too too challenging. Uh, and specifically, they just were a lot of questions about the purpose of this and what purpose would it serve? Would it really uh, be? Could it be enforced? How effective would it be? So uh, they're not going to do it. Uh, it's motivated by gambling, uh, and so with that, they. In addition to that, they this uh, information about uh, whether the injury reports would be revealed. They did say they are going to try to do more education about gambling for their athletes, so that it doesn't become more of a problem. And as it becomes more and more popular, as more people get more uh, money involved. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that might change these sports. That's what I was going to say is 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 when because it will gambling will become a part of college sports. But my question is, does the athletes get any revenue from that? I mean, if someone's betting on a kid to be able to go throw four touchdowns or whatever over under, they should be compensated if they do. I mean, I just that would suck. Hey, someone's gambling on me on my performance. <laughs> They're already making billions of dollars off their performance. That's what I'm saying, but the college athletes don't get anything from that. Outside of quality education, food, 
room over there and roof over their head, books taken care of. Okay, yeah, but we're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yes, it, it go- pales in comparison with all the money that's in college athletics. Collectively. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's the biggest problem that there is right now is that 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 look the the universities look out for themselves. They don't look out for the players unless the player is great. Which is really saddening, actually. Speaking of watching out for the players, another NCAA thing that came out today was about these um, uh, agents. I guess it didn't really necessarily come out today. The the memo was issued Monday by the NCAA for uh, if you wanted to be considered an NBA agent, the NCAA is trying to impose some stricter rules on them for certification. And... Basically, the NCAA says if you're going to be an agent and talk to our players or college basketball athletes, you need a bachelor's degree. You need a, an NBPA certification for at least three consecutive years. You need professional liability insurance. And you need to do an in-person test that was that's taken in the uh, NCAA offices in Indianapolis. So... Uh, that's got a lot of people thinking that this is indirect. Uh, it's a direct shot at Rich Paul. Uh, huh. He's the agent that represents <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis, many other notable NBA players. So does Rich Paul? Don't he doesn't have a degree? Clutch or, Sports not, Group not a bachelor's degree? No, uh, he doesn't. Uh, he got into the whole agent thing when LeBron James started getting into the NBA. Just a year, a couple of years out of high school. You didn't graduate from college. Huh. So under this new criteria, Paul couldn't represent any NCAA college basketball players who are underclassmen who are thinking about going into the NBA. Like, when you look at it this year, Namiya Keta, because of the new rules, was able to contact an agent mm-hmm. and not lose his eligibility to come back for Utah State. And I, which I think is is very smart. I'm glad that the NCAA and the NBA have, have come to agreement on this, because it allows players to get to contact with teams and their organizations uh, in a way that they previously would have been very difficult for them to do, unless they went all in to say I'm I have to be all in or I'm I'm not, because if. If you didn't hire an agent, you had to, you were responsible to try to figure that out on your own, which could be really hard to do. Sure. So now the, these players can use the services of an agent to contact teams, uh, figure out workouts, get evaluations, to see if they really are NBA ready or not. And if they're not, they can come back for more time at, 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 at a college. So here's here's my question. Healthy or unhealthy for this kind of thing? I mean, this creates a hassle for a lot of players. Oh, hey, I want you to be be my agent. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have a bachelor's degree yet. I'm about six months away from graduating with a bachelor's. You, then you can't do it. So, I mean, it, having an agent is, like, I've seen a lot, or we've heard of a lot of great agents in the past. Rich Paul's going to become one of those, obviously. But... I would want to know how many of those guys graduated with a uh, with a bachelor's degree, and if not, how does that change the entire sports world? Well, it, it seems 
see the the NCAA doesn't require this for other for other sports. They don't require agents or would-be agents who may represent college athletes to have a bachelor's degree when you're talking to them about baseball or about football. So uh, it, it seems odd that they would single basketball out. Uh, I also think it's odd that there's this perceived notion that you have to have a bachelor's degree to know what you're doing and to know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is it helpful? Yes. Absolutely. But is it a requirement? Is it a, a the only barometer to say if you are intelligent and know what you're doing? No. Heavens no. I can tell you so many examples of very successful people who didn't even go to college. Oh, yeah. And some that may have gone to a little bit of college but didn't graduate. So here's my thing. So I don't consider them dumb or that they didn't know what they're doing because they don't have a, a college degree. Absolutely they know what they're doing. They they can do circles around so many other people so, in their field who have advanced degrees, but just because you have a degree doesn't necessarily mean you understand and know what you're supposed to be doing in that field. Here's my So, for example, in, in media, in radio, I have only an associate's degree from Utah State. And I remember when I met with Salt Lake Radio for sports, and I said, oh, yeah, I got my associate's degree, and they took the paper – and he kind of just tossed it aside. And he's like, can you do this? Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. Can you do this? Yeah. Can you work this time? Yes. Okay. You're hired tomorrow. Like they, some places don't even care if you have a degree. So when I got, I mean, now I'm hosting uh, or co-hosting a radio show with you with an associate's degree in journalism with an emphasis in broadcasting from Utah State. But I think, I honestly think that with I mean, based on somebody's talent, if someone's really talented and if they know the right people, it's not like, you know, the whole cachet of it's not what you know, but who you know. I think that's the same case in media. I I, I agree. I, I think there are some industries where a certification, a degree absolutely is necessary and it means something. Doctors. I don't want to go to a, right, I don't want to go to a medical clinic and someone says, hey, I'm just really good with my hands and uh, I have a steady hand with a knife. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just figured it out. I watched a lot of YouTube. Um, just, just trust me. I'm, uh, I just, I got it. No, I want to make sure I know that guy went to classes that, that this woman passed her tests, that she became certified and she has given the green light to do what she's about to do. Absolutely. But in a lot of other fields, you don't need that degree. It seems like we're the NCAA we're all about education, so we want to make sure um, education and getting a degree has to be a qualification. I just think it's a, a false um, thing, and I don't think it's necessarily just against Rich Paul. I, I think that it maybe guards against any neighborhood guy, that AAU guy that says, hey, I've you ought to test the NBA waters. Let me help you out with that. Uh, I, I think th I understand where they're coming from on that, but I think some of the other things that are required helps filter some of that out anyway. Yeah. So, so just this notion that you have to have a college degree in order to be an agent is is I think it's a little silly. So and I'm believe me, I'm a very high proponent of higher education. 
but I don't but I think, think it's necessary. Some degree, yeah, exactly. I think you and I, if we were good enough at our job here in radio, we could go be a radio show. Honestly, and I swear to life, I mean this sincerely, we could go do Sirius XM, do a sports radio show. If if we're good enough, we could go do a show on Sirius XM with, I mean, heck, if you know what you're talking about. It's very you, possible we could do a national show. Yeah. But they're not going to look to see, oh, I see oh, you went he, to college, but you didn't, didn't get a get degree. Your PhD, man. Mm. No, they're they're gonna say send me audio files. I'm gonna go. Let's see how you sound. Right, I want to go with the guy who has the degree, but he's really boring. Yeah, I, I, they're gonna see how you sound. Personality, knowledge, research, uh, whatever it, you know is insinuates that you actually be a good radio guy. They'll take into events that, and they're they're just gonna gloss over the degree. They don't give a crap about it. And I've told a lot of people that was look when I worked in Utah jazz radio, they didn't care about my degree. You know, because some are like, wait, you only got your associates? Yeah, but at least I did my dream job. At least I'm doing my dream job. You know, got to work for the Utah Jazz Radio. Now I'm co-hosting my uh, or co-hosting a sports show. I've been play-by-play for high school basketball. I've done all these things with an associate's degree. What have you done besides get yourself in a crazy amount of debt with your doctorate degree that you're still looking for a career job for? I mean, I I sometimes get defensive about it. If you can't tell, it annoys me. <laughs> yeah, I just I I. I can see where the NCAA is coming from. They want to try to create some kind of standards so that not just anybody could call themselves an agent and potentially cause additional harm with leading somebody down a road that they really shouldn't be going down. Yeah. But at the same time, I just I think that's that's a requirement that's not necessary. No. I think the other things that they have them do and they have to, to, to go through to become certified as an agent or classified as an agent. So what? I mean, if they understand the business, uh, if they understand what's going on, and if they make a bad business deal for that player, uh, it, it's going to get out. And how, how many other players are going to sign with that guy? I mean, yeah. if, if he becomes known as somebody that makes bad deals, he's not going to last. So I just, I, I just think it's a something that's kind of a, a false requirement that uh, the NCAA is doing just to prop themselves up as we believe in education. Really? Okay. I just it doesn't seem like it's necessary. Yeah. Good point. That's a great point. That's a great discussion. Despite not being able to get audio. It's a good cover-up, Eric. Because <laughs> that really... I try push and play in 10 different ways, and it's not working. So it's not meant to be here. Uh, <laughs> all right, we got to take a break. Coming back, we'll get you more of the full-court press, uh, some NBA talk. I'll uh, try to stump Ajay on... Uh, oh, so are we doing the movie, movie quiz today? Movie quiz. It'll be, <laughs> be very rough. Yes. But we'll uh, see if I can stump you. <laughs> movie quiz and more as we continue on the Full Court Press at 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. A new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Aldrich Salveson, guess what? <laughs> Full Court Press at 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric fixed it. Yay! I was able to fix it. You need a daddy over there to oh, show you the way. No, stop it. You're done. <laughs> you are absolutely done. 
Alright, so yeah, we do got audio though. Uh, this is... We're, we won't have a lot of time to get through a lot of these. So, uh, let's, should we just hear from Tipa? Yeah, let's just hear from Tipa alone. Since we're talking defensive today. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this... Uh-oh. There we go. Whew. This is Tipa Nollier with Al Lewis here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I, I just keep pushing the wrong... There it is. Let me first off just start off with what is it like to put on the pads the first time today and have little lot more contact is it fun oh man it's it's always fun you know put the pads on but uh today what was good you know as, as well as yesterday just to you know get the feel of you know hitting again and having pads on you know you, you have i mean having no pads on you get the little motions back and everything but you don't get the real look and so these past two days have been really good for both sides mm -hmm. What have you done from last year? I mean, you made you made this team so much different, the way that you could come off the edge. But what have you done to try to improve your game even more from last year to now, Tipa? Um, to improve my game, I, I know I would have to put an effort to improve everybody else's game around me um, in, in order to, you know, to elevate my performance, I have to elevate everybody else's around me. And, you know, we all work together. We all follow, we're going to fire from all cylinders, but... You know, in order to help me, I got to help my uh, my teammates as well. Mm -hmm. The guy who wears ten on the other side gets so much attention. Do you like? Do you like every once in a while that you've got the same number as Jordan? Oh yeah, you know it's a it's a little resemblance. You know, I feel like, but you could go in and step in and do his job anytime, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I told him we could switch roles anytime he wants. And I'll, I'll probably perform better than him. Well, I mean, that would be interesting to see him coming <laughs> off the edge, don't you? Oh think? man, I, I would love to block him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, it just uh, what he what he's doing, and 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 you kind of seem to be riding along a little bit with him as a, as one of his best friends. Oh yeah, he he's the man. You know, uh, not everybody gets to have a Heisman uh, candidate quarterback you know on their team, and especially going to fall camp. This guy is, you know, besides our, our side of the ball, he elevates his game as well as everybody else on the offense as well too. Some people kind of forget that you knew a little bit about Utah State before you ever came here because your brother was here mm -hmm. at Utah State. Yeah. So what, do you think that was it a big change for you to come here from being at a big-time school to Utah State or whatever? Uh, <laughs> the biggest change I would say is, is just the weather, man. It's real cold over here compared to Texas. Uh -huh. But uh, I, I love the people here. You know, I love, I love the culture and the atmosphere that we have over here and especially with the guy you just heard, well, Chris Anderson. So well, he's he's a defensive line coach, mm -hmm. and you play on the defensive line. You gotta like that. Oh man, I love it. He, uh, you know, my IQ has gone up so much with him, and you know, as far as technique and knowing who's behind me as well, and who who has this gap, who has that gap. Mm -hmm. So he well, helps me. As it's a this is a talented group of defensive linemen too. You're playing with some guys who can make plays. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you and Unga and and uh, and. Uh, Lelou are all named today as guys to watch on the, the Polynesian preseason or whatever. And mm -hmm. so you're all kind of a group together there, but you can all do great things. Oh, yeah. You know, this this bond that we have as a D-line, it, it, it goes farther than just football. We all know each other personally. We always hang out with each other. And uh, and, and even even some of the back the back seven as well. And, you know, we all just have that chemistry. And, uh, you know, it just, it just makes it easier to work, work with each other mm -hmm. in the defense. So. Has the defense changed at all the way you're going to play football, play to a game, play to play, than you played last year? Do you think? Um, we was just talking about this with the other day with the boys. Uh, you know, whether the defense is this defense or that defense, we're just going to go in and you know play smash mouth football that we used to play, and and we, we, we you know 
just just back backyard football, you know, and just have fun. As Coach A, he emphasizes us just having fun and you know just flying around. So well, it was a defense last year that may, uh, you got it in a position where you can make plays, mm -hmm. and I would say you're probably as an outside guy still able to do that, no matter what kind of defense they expect you to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I. I Coach A, he, he enables me to, you know, also play outside as well. I feel like it's my strength and and also just building my game and, you know, playing inside in the four eye and, you know, having some fun in there with Chris and Fool. So. <laughs> All right, that's T. Penale with Al Lewis. We're going to cut that off just a little bit short due to time. Uh, we appreciate Al getting us that audio. We also have Coach Anderson, David Woodward. We can play tomorrow. You can get full of that. John yes. Ogles will be at 430 tomorrow as well, so we'll have plenty of audio and uh, plenty of content for you. Lots of good stuff. That is, that is. Still it, to come. Yeah, still to come. And Stay tuned. We will be able to not have any computer issues. That would be nice. Please. <laughs> Let's hope so. Good night. That's, Let's hope so. That's horrible. All right. Coming up, we're going to wrap uh, wrap up this episode of the Full Court Press, and we'll get you ready for Thursday's show. I keep thinking it's like Thursday today. We'll get you ready for Thursday's show, which includes a pick six. I need a win, or else I quit my job. <laughs> Eric France and Andre Salison here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'll give you an extra day to prepare. Groovy tunes, man. I know, I'm really good at this. You know, that's something that in Salt Lake City that they love me for is that I always get the right music on. That you know, kind of pump everybody up to go do a show, and then the host would just suck at the show and just totally ground whatever I was doing. <laughs> uh, we were gonna do the movie quiz today. We're actually gonna put that on hold. A because Eric had no prep time at all, which isn't fair. And B because I got to script it out. I, I want to see I just don't you have the audio, put some effort into this job and to this game. <laughs> this game means so much to all of us. I actually don't want to see you just, you know, suck at it. I don't want to see me suck at it either. <laughs> Uh, 50 seconds left here in the show today. We appreciate you all for joining us here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, tomorrow's show will include, again, John Oglesby, 430, uh, the executive director of Utah High School Athletics Association. We'll have uh, David Woodward. We'll have Gary Anderson audio, all from Al Lewis. We appreciate getting that audio for us. Uh, and we'll uh, get you ready for uh, Friday's show as well. With uh, We have more content. Again, two-hour show. We have a lot to get to in a little bit. Thursday, we'll, yeah, our pick six. Pick six. I'm still looking for my treat from this last victory. Oh, I still owe you. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess yeah, I got, That'd be I, nice. Well, I got interest now, so that, that's... <laughs> it accumulates. <laughs> that accumulates. Add an extra cookie. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow on the Full Court Press. All right, well, we're back until... Do I have to push play on here? Oh, it's 59. Dude, look, it says 59. See, I told you. See, it was different yesterday. You. It was different yesterday. I told you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I told you. It's so messed up. I looked up. over and I was like, wait, there's no shut up 5650. Because it was like that yesterday, but it wasn't like... It, uh, like it is now, it was like it was on Monday. This is the best blooper reel we've ever had on air. <laughs> like, I'm telling Dude, I'm so full of today. Oh this sucks. Oh, my gosh. Why does it okay, have to be yay. me at the board? Okay, so we can do our uh, movie quiz then. Yeah, let's do it. I don't have the audio to play in case you don't guess it. Okay. But I can do the reenactment. Okay. During the breaks, I've been scribbling it out. Okay, let's hear this. You got two minutes. All right, here we go. For sure, you got two minutes. I know that.
I'll try to do it in the accent. It's going to be horrible. Do it. They're bigger, faster, stronger, more experienced, and on paper, better. And they know it too. But I'll tell you something. They don't know your heart. I do. I've seen it. You have shown it to me. You've shown this coaching staff, your teammates. You've shown yourselves exactly who you are in here. That's me hitting my heart, by the way. I was giving myself a heart attack. When you take that field today, you got to lay it hard on the line, man. From the soles of your feet with every ounce of, of your blood in your body. You got like 80 seconds. Lay it on the line until the final whistle blows. And if you do that, if you do that, we cannot lose. Is All right, it, name that movie, AJ. Is it this one? Let's go, let's go, let's go. There we go. Young boys. Smoke. That sounds like Denzel Washington. No, it's not Denzel Washington in the movie. Is it Remember the Titans? No. It is another football. Any given Sunday. No. Oh, my gosh. Don't get stumped. My last clue. We are. Oh, we are Marshall. Marshall. We are. Marshall. Great movie about the team that they had to put together a team after a tragic plane crash wiped out the vast majority of that team. Uh, had to cobble together a lot of different players, a different type of playing the game than they were used to. Uh, really great story. True story. Based on a true story. Uh, and that was my poor <laughs> imitation of Matthew McConaughey. All right. Good night, everybody. For sure this time. We'll see you Thursday. Sports, KLGN Logan, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.